When I was in uh, college, I started my freshman year as a math major. Haha, <laughs> math. Yes, I get it. Yes. Uh, the reason I chose math is actually all, very like authentic here. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's because it was my highest score on my ACT. Do you know what that is? Yeah. I got a 29 on my math. And I had a 17 on my reading. So I avoided anything that had to deal with reading and writing. And I'll be honest, um, I signed up for my first calculus class, got a B, and then signed up for my second calculus test, or course, I mean, and, um, and did, I struggled to get a B minus, and I was, I was hustling, you know? And I I came to the conclusion that math was probably not the subject that I need to stick with for the next three years after that. So I swapped to accounting. Yeah, what a glamorous degree, you know? Yeah. So I swapped to accounting, and my whole goal was if uh, I'm still dealing with numbers, but it's probably more so dealing with a little bit more of a financial side. And if I'm managing people's finances, I'm probably got a lot of finances myself. You know what I mean? That's what I was thinking. So that's whenever I swapped to accounting. So I was on this road. After about my sophomore year, we're going into junior year, there's this course called the, um, oh, what is it called? It's like the weed out course. And what they mean is they're going to, they're basically going to find out who's serious about this course and who's not. Who's serious about getting the degree or not? And so it's a really difficult course. And for me, it was intermediate accounting. And my professor was not having it. He was not happy. And so I had to work really hard to try to pass this accounting course. And I remember a lot of my friends were struggling from day one. Some of my friends even withdrew from the course after the first two weeks. They said, there's no way I'm gonna pass this course. I'm swapping to finance, not accounting. I stuck it out and bared my teeth and went through it. And I'll be honest, whenever I got to the end of that semester, I ended up getting a C in the class, my first C ever. Yeah. And I was giddy about it. I was excited because I had spent many hours at the library up until midnight. My weekends, I was studying. I had flashcards I would walk around with to school and I would walk around to class my head in flashcards like a goofball. That was me, all right? Hey, say what you want. I got a C, all right? I got a C. I'm just telling y'all, this course was hard. I had to go to tutoring I had to study so hard to pass intermediate accounting. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I was so glad I did because I looked around the class and many of my friends did not put in the work or the effort into the course and they got D's and F's and flunked out of accounting. A lot of them swapped degree programs after this course. You know why? Because they weren't willing to pay the price for what they wanted down the road. I'm gonna be honest with you guys, students right here, Tonight, we're going to look at this guy named Peter, who was a disciple of Jesus. We know his story, but man, we're going to look at three parts of it where he had to count the, cry, count the cost. What price was he willing to pay to follow Jesus? What price was he willing to pay to follow Jesus? That is the question we're going to answer tonight. A lot of my friends when they were in college struggled to pay the price necessary to get that accounting degree, what they wanted down the road. And Jesus gives an invitation to Peter that I'm gonna be honest, is the same for every one of you in this room today. So let's walk through it. If you would, turn with me 
to, I think it's Luke. Luke chapter five is where we're at first. Luke chapter five, starting in verse one. Some of y'all are very familiar with this text, so I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I'm gonna tell you parts of it because we're gonna go to three different spots tonight. I don't want you to miss it. Peter is a fisherman. So this cat is in his boat all night long. He is throwing the net overboard, reeling it in, and he's not getting anything. He's not even getting Nemo. I mean, like the small one that can't even swim all the way. He's not even getting that one. I mean, he is throwing all night, trying to catch a fish, and he's getting nothing. He's in the boat, tossing the net, reeling it up, zero. He finishes the night. He's over at the edge of the water on his boat, and he's cleaning his nets, getting them ready for the next day. And this guy named Jesus is on the shoreline with a huge crowd around him, and he's teaching them. He's teaching them about what it means to follow the Lord. He's teaching about the kingdom of heaven. He's teaching them about repentance. All these things that he had been communicating for this while. That's what we would expect he's teaching in this moment. He looks over and sees Simon, Simon Peter. He looks over and sees Simon Peter and says, actually didn't say anything. He gets in his boat and just begins teaching the crowds. Could you imagine this? You're over here doing your thing. All of a sudden this guy gets in your boat and he's like, hey, how's it going? You know, and he's like, all right, listen up everybody. And you're like, well, what is going on, right? That's what Jesus did right here in this moment. He finishes teaching the crowd. He turns to Peter and he says to Peter, he says, take your net and let's throw it out in the deep end and see if we can catch another fish. And Peter's like, hey, 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 you know, he's like, I've been fishing all night. I've been fishing all night. He said, I didn't catch anything. He says, but because you ask it, I'll do it. And so Peter, he takes the net, he tosses it over. Bam, they hit the jackpot. They got, yeah, Nemo and all his family before the Barracuda showed up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all up. He's got the whole crew with him. And Peter's trying to reel these fish in, and he can't do it because the, the net's not strong enough, and the boat's not strong enough, and he's not strong enough. So he calls his friends over. James, John, sons of Zebedee, come over here. And they come over him, and they, they're helping him out. They grab the fish net, and they're pulling the fish in. And I'm not kidding. There are so many fish filling this boat to where the boat is beginning to like break kind of sense. It's sinking. So they're getting this boat and everything to shore and all this stuff is going on. And, and Peter, in the middle of fish flopping around the boat, it's smelling fishy. He's got fish on his hands. He's just in the middle of it. This man falls face down on the ground in front of Jesus. And he says these words, he says, get away from me. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. Peter recognized the person that he was standing in front of, and he said, I am not worthy of Jesus Christ. He says, I'm not worthy of the man who stands in front of me. He says, get away from me. You are good. You are righteous. You are holy. You are God almighty. And I am a lowly man of unclean lips. Someone who is full of sin, someone who has made mistakes. Get away from me, God almighty. And Jesus isn't like, yeah, you're right, Peter, back up, back up. You know, that's not what Jesus is like. Jesus looks at Peter and what we know from Matthew chapter four, he tells me, he says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come and, can you imagine Jesus looking at you eyeball to eyeball? You're on the ground, you're embarrassed, you're nervous. He looks at you eyeball to eyeball and says, come and follow me. Listen, I know you got all this fish here. I know you got your boat here. You got your family. 
I got big plans for your life. Something that's far different than fishing for fish. It's fishing for men. You're gonna save lives. You're gonna be an evangelist and a preacher and a teacher to the world if you will come and follow me. Could you imagine him? Jesus, eyeball to eyeball with you saying, come and follow me. I got something for your life that's different than this whole fishing thing. Are you willing to follow me? Are you in? And this is, what we, this is what's so cool about Peter. Man, I love this cat. This guy makes mistakes a lot, but this moment here, he hit it on the mark. It says immediately, can I show you this verse right here? Can we go to that spot? I think it's the last verse, verse 11 maybe. Yeah. And when they had brought their boats to the land, they, Peter included, left everything and followed Jesus. If you're taking notes, I want you to write at the top of your paper, write on your notes, number one is this. Count the cost. Count the cost. Peter was in a spot with his life where he had just hit the jackpot with fishing. He wouldn't have to fish for the rest of the year. He could kick back in his lazy boy and watch Disney Plus all week long if he wanted to. He is good to go. Man, but he said, I'm gonna leave the fish, I'm gonna leave the boat, I'm gonna leave my friends and family, and I'm gonna go follow this guy named Jesus. I don't know everything about him, I don't understand about what he's calling me to do, I don't know what he means by fishing for men, but this is what I know, he is the only one who has, who has the authority for me to wanna follow him, and I'm going. I will leave all of the comforts, all of the, the cash to leave and follow Jesus. Whenever I was in college, I spent two months in Asia on a mission trip. I came home. I'm gonna show you this real quick. I came back and I remember I went to the, our base of operation for the summer in Alabama and I was sitting in the gym. July 31st, 2014, I was sitting in the gym. There was about 150 people in the room. We were singing some worship, doing, uh, listening to the word preached. And I remember in this moment, God was just, putting it on my heart. Cam, I'm being honest with you. It was it. like, I know, I can't tell you who was in the room with me. I can't tell you who was on stage. I can't tell you what song we were singing, but I can tell you what the Lord was telling me in that moment. I know that for a fact. I was sitting in the gym floor in Alabama. I can go to the spot right now. And I just know, I, was, I started to cry because I knew what God was saying. He was saying, I wanna call you to leave all of those dreams and aspirations and the life that you have built for yourself, Corey. And I wanna call you into ministry. I want you to leave the accounting road and I want you to go down the road of ministry. And I knew what that was gonna cost me. And I was wrestling. I was like, Lord, but what about this? He's like, oh, I got that. What about this? Oh, I got that. Lord, I've been thinking about this my whole life. What about this? I got that. And I was in this, I was in a tug of war match with the Lord. And I'm not clearing as clear as that. I put all of it on the table and said, God, you can have it all or you can get rid of it all. I don't care. I just want to follow you with whatever you want. And that night I surrendered to ministry. I put, I put a lot of things in my journal, notes and wise, that kind of deal. But this one, I took up the whole page for this one note. I said, this is all I need on this page. I put, I die tonight 
on July 31st, 2014, I die tonight to my wants, to my desires, to my dreams, to my plans, to my bucket list for Jesus, all these things, I die to it so that others might live. I'm gonna live a life that's about catching other people, not fish. I'm not worried about filling my bucket or filling my boat. I just wanna fill the kingdom with people. I'm gonna live in this world, not the one that I built up for myself. It was a night that changed my whole world. I had no idea that I'd be here in this role serving as middle school pastor. I had no, hey, right here, Eli, Nate. I had no idea, none. But I'm telling you right now, the Lord has been faithful every step of the way. All he wanted me to do was just surrender right here. Can I paint you a picture? I put on a piece of paper today all the things I could think of that I wanted whenever I was in 2014, July 31st. Yeah, there's the yacht, the boat with the boathouse. There's the fancy home. There's the wad of cash. There's season tickets for the Grizz. I mean, you name it. I had the fancy clothes, the sports car. I had all these things that I was like, Lord, if you could just do all this for me, I would have a lot of joy in my life. It is what I'm looking for, you know, like 25, 30, you know. By 40, I definitely want all this, Lord. You got that? You got my, you got my wish list? When I got to this night, July 31st, I came to a start where I said, Lord, I'm giving you all of this. And instead, and like in response, I'm just gonna give you a blank piece of paper. And Lord, today, I don't need all that stuff that I put on there a minute ago. All I want is whatever you got for me. None of those things really matter to me. If you give me one of them, cool beans, I'm cool with it. But really, I don't care. My joy, my value, my worth, my life is not built in those things. It's whatever God wants for me. All I'm gonna do is take my name, sign it at the bottom and say, fill it out however you want to, I'm in. You write the contract. And for some of you today, You've got a lot of stuff in your life. You've got a piece of paper with the Lord that looks like this. And you filled it up with what you want your life to look like. You've got your rights on here. You've got your plans on here. You've got your dreams on here. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying this. If you're telling God that you need this for the joy of your life or that you need this in the days ahead, I'm telling you right now, this is gonna be all the rewards you will have on this life. But if you will count the cost and lay this down at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, all I want is whatever you got for me and you can fill it up however you want, I'm in. I believe what Jesus was saying to Peter was saying the boat and the fish are not bad. But listen, you can live today for a boat and fish all you want or you can follow me and I can show you a lifetime of boats and fish that look radically different than any you think and you will have greater treasures in heaven than one to come. Does that make sense? Does that make sense what I'm talking about, about this idea of surrender? And Peter, I'm gonna put this right here. Peter was all about it. Peter was all in day one. So here's the question for you today. What is the cost in your life? If you've got notes, I want you to write down up under count the cost. What are things in your life that you, that that God could potentially call for you to give up and to surrender in order to follow him fully? What are things in your life that God would potentially call you to give up? What is the cost for following Jesus that you could potentially have to give up in order to fully follow him with your life as a disciple of Jesus? If you ain't got notes, put your hand out like this and think of it right here. What are things in your life that you could 
come up with that the Lord might call you to surrender? What is it? And start thinking of them and name them off in your head. What are things in your life that you might have to count the cost up and give up in your life? I made a list on mine. Here's my list. I put this right here on my paper. Here's my list of things that I knew of whenever I was July 31st, 2014, that I knew I did not want to give up with the Lord. I wanted God all day long, but I also wanted him to give me these things. What is that for you? What are the things that you might have, potentially, might have to potentially give up to fully follow Jesus with your life? What is, he, what, what, what is he potentially calling you to surrender? If you don't name it, it does us no good to talk about it. I can talk about counting the cost, but if you don't put an actual dollar amount beside it, then what is it? So I'm asking you students to put down your dollar amount. What is it that God might be calling you right now in middle school to count the cost for following him as a disciple of Jesus? The second thing we're gonna go to is this, is you gotta remember the reward. You don't just gotta count the cost, realize the price for, for, for being a disciple and a follower of Jesus, but you also gotta remember the reward in following Jesus. In Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 31, you can jot that down in your notebook if you want to. You can revisit this later on. I gotta go quick, so I, I really wish I had time to read through the whole passage, but I, I got a snapshot here for you. Luke 18, verse 18 through 21, there's this rich young ruler. He's a really rich guy. He's a ruler in the community. And he heard about this Jesus guy. And he kind of is fighting the crowds, comes and finds Jesus. And he says to him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Good teacher, what must I do to have to, what must I do to have to, sorry, what must, sorry, what? I can't speak right now. Verse 18, what does it say? He's on the board. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I'm gonna be real with you. This rich young ruler has a deluded idea of who Jesus is, of what heaven is all about, of what righteousness is, and about what it means to follow Jesus. He's a very deluded idea of what these are. He says, good teacher. Jesus is so much more than a teacher. What must I do to have, have eternal life? Come on, man. It's more than just getting out of hell free, man. It's about a life with the Lord. And Jesus says, you need to keep all the commandments. You know the law and the prophets, keep them all. And this rich young ruler is like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I did all that. I've, I've, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't stolen. I haven't bared false witness. I haven't uh, dishonored my parents. You know, he's saying all these things. I haven't done all these things. Obviously we know he's not perfect, right? He's made mistakes. But this guy doesn't realize that he's a faulty human being. And so Jesus says this, okay, you don't understand who I am. You don't understand what it means to be righteous. But what about this? Would you be willing to lay down what you treasure most to come and follow me? And Jesus says, can I read this on the screen, this next part? He says, one thing you still lack, sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor. This is a guy that's very wealthy, very wealthy. Sell all that you have, give it to the poor and you will have what? What does he say? Treasure in heaven. Booyah, Evelyn, I love that. Bingo, all right? Treasure in heaven. Come and follow me. Imagine this again. I'm gonna come back to you. Remember this? When Jesus was looking at, the, at Peter, he said, come and follow me. Now he's looking at the rich young ruler. He says, I know you don't fully understand who I am or fully understand what it means to follow God, but man, listen to me right here. I want you to come and follow me. Are you in? 
Are you in, man? I got treasure in heaven that's far better than anything you've ever seen. Are you in? Are you with me? You know what this rich ruler says? You know what he, he tells the Lord? He hears all this. He says he lowers his head and he walks away. You know what he said to Jesus? He said, you're not worth it. Listen, listen. The rich young ruler told Jesus, you're not worth it. We look at the rich young ruler like he's this bad guy. I'm telling you right now, we do it all the time. How many times have you thought in your life, yeah, I want a relationship with the Lord. I want to I wanna go to heaven. I want all these things. But then he says to you, he says, okay, it's going to cost you. It's going to mean you're going to have to follow me even whenever it's a challenging moment. You're going to have to really, if you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to follow me to the ends of the earth. And that's going to be a challenge at times. You're going to face trouble. You have to lay things down at my feet. And, he, and you're like, man, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know if it's worth it anymore. I just wanted like the easy thing of like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't really live for him in my whole life. And Jesus is like, that's not what I'm calling you to. Jesus is not calling you to follow him by just coming to church on Sundays and living however you want Monday through Saturday. If that's what you think being a Christian is or being a follower of Jesus is, then you are gravely mistaken. Chase, it's good to see you, man. What's up, bro? Hey, man. I'm telling you, you are gravely mistaken if you think that Jesus died on the cross for you to just get fire insurance from hell for a Sunday out of the week because you wanna live however you want for the rest of your life. That's not what Jesus died on the cross for. He died so that you might follow him with your whole life. And when he looks at you and says, come and follow me, he's not saying, come and follow me one time down the aisle and come and follow me just once on a Sunday morning or when you're around the church people. He's saying, come and follow me with your whole life, man. Leave it all, leave the boat, leave the fish, leave the riches, leave the wealth, leave whatever you have that you say is comfortable and the joy for your life and come and find your joy, your comfort, your treasure in Jesus. And here's what I see in this story. You're like, I feel for the rich young ruler, but I also think about Peter. And Peter says in this verse after this, just a couple verses down, I think it's verse like 28 or 29 maybe. Peter says, Jesus, we've left our homes to follow you. Jesus, we've left our homes to follow you. What do y'all think he's saying? Take a moment, ask your person next to you, what do you, think, what do you think Peter is saying when he says, Jesus, we've left our homes to follow you? What do you think he's asking? What do you think he's telling? What is he trying to communicate to Jesus? What do y'all think? All right, right here. Anybody got a good answer? Something you're confident about? What do you think? Yeah, Peter's like, yo, the rich young ruler just walked, rich young ruler just walked away. I'm, my speech is off tonight. The rich young ruler just walked away. He wasn't willing to give it up, but Lord, like, you know we left everything, right? Like, you know, we, we paid the price. We, we counted the cost. I also think he might be saying, you mentioned treasure in heaven. 
what about us? You know, I think Peter might be doing that a little bit. Like, is it worth it for us too? You know, like, what's the reward here? And here's what's so good about Jesus. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't condemn him for maybe being prideful in any way. He, he genuinely ministers to Peter with, with encouragement and a promise. I'm gonna go to the board for this one because I don't wanna miss it. Verse 29, and Jesus said to Peter and the disciples, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left their house or their wife or their brothers or their parents or their children for the sake of the kingdom of God. Can we go to the next one? Who will not receive many more times in this life and in the one to come eternal life. And what he's saying is this, Peter, I see you, man. I know you left your family. I know you left your boat. I know you left your home. I know you left your fish. I know, dude, I know. I asked a lot of you. He says, but dude, the rewards you're gonna reap on this side of eternity on earth and in the next side of eternity in heaven will far outweigh anything you've ever could have experienced if you would have just kept your kingdom to yourself like this. He's saying, it is so worth it to follow me. Look at me. It is so worth it to follow Jesus. From the back of the room to the front of the room, right here. It is so worth it to follow Jesus. Count the cost. You should never go into a decision without counting the cost. But you got to have in mind when you think about the cost, you got to think about the reward. There's a guy who's all over media right now. Um, he's the founder of Tesla. His name is Elon Musk. And Elon, uh, he just spent, I don't know how much money on buying Twitter's, part of Twitter's for 9.2%, but we know him about that right now. But back in the day, something he bought was SpaceX, or he founded was SpaceX. And uh, we have a picture. Yeah, this is him right there. This is Elon. Anybody know who this guy is? Yeah, okay, so here's the deal. Elon, Elon was launching SpaceX. Hey, please, guys in the back. DJ, help me out back there, man. Come on. He launched SpaceX. He didn't even have the, enough money to get all the right engineers, so he made himself his own one of the space engineers, which he's not qualified for, but he was like pinching pennies to make it work. And he tried to launch his first spacecraft. Can I show you the launch of this? Boom. Launched it, it failed. It failed. So he launched it again and it failed. So he tried again and it failed. Elon launched three rockets, prototypes, and all three of them failed. And his investors were looking at him saying, we got enough money for one more rocket. Do you wanna do it or not? And Elon said, he said, listen, it's my last chance. He says, but if we get this right, he said, we can see in the next 15 to 20 years, he said, we have the chance to be creating communities on another planet, is what he said. If we can get this right. He said, the reward for inner planet, I guess it would be, I don't know, colonization is what he's talking about. The reward for that." is worth the price of one more rocket. So I'll show you the next rocket. Can we show you this one real quick? Five, four, 
We're in stage we one. Liftoff indication. We have liftoff. SpaceX Falcon 1 launch vehicle. Falcon has cleared the tower. I wish it was more climactic than launch that, 12. but that's a success story. He launches rocket. And that birthed into what has become a very successful SpaceX program. I'm gonna be honest right now, he's launching and hoping to get to Mars by the year 2029 or 2030. He wants to be on Mars with people, boots on the ground, which is incredible when you think about it. It would have never have happened. I'm not here to advocate for Elon as this guy, but I'm just saying it would have never have happened for Elon if you didn't count the cost of going one more rocket with the reward in mind that one day, think of what could happen. For you today, you gotta think through, what is the price? What is the cost for being a follower of Jesus? What does it mean for you to follow Jesus? How is your life going to be challenged? How are you gonna have to surrender things in your life to follow Jesus? You gotta think about that stuff, but you gotta have in the back of your mind the whole time, what is the hope for doing it? What's the reward for following Jesus? I'll just tell you for me. Can I tell you honestly, look, what I've got to experience is reward for following Jesus. I've had more joy in my life the last, that's 2014, the last eight years than I ever had, than I ever had throughout my college years leading up to it and before. This season I'm in has been beyond anything I would have ever have thought I would be doing in my life. I owe all credit to the Lord. The Lord has given me not just my, when I left to go on mission trips, when I left to go into ministry, I sacrificed things with my family in Tipton County. I've got a family of friends on the middle school team at this church. I spent time with Jason Borden. Yeah, Jason's the only who pointed himself. Jason Borden and I get lunch and hang out all the time. This guy is like an older brother to me who invests in me and encourages me and it challenges me, supports me, all kinds of things in my life. I think about the people like Braden right here in the back. I'm not gonna call him out more than I am right now, but Braden was a guy who got saved a few weeks ago. You don't tell me that gives me joy in my life when I see a young man who turns his life from being lost to being saved? Those are treasures and joys you cannot buy with money. I think about, man, my family, my friends, I think about the life and the experience I've gotten to experience the last few years. I'm just telling you, God has done more in my life than anything I could have ever have dreamed of. July 31st, 2014. I'm a testimony that the treasures and the rewards that you find when you follow and surrender Jesus far outweigh anything that the cost could ever imagine. Like it just beats it. And students today, I'm challenging you today. I'm, I'm begging you to see God has big rewards in your life planned. I'm not talking about you're gonna drive a Tesla or a Ferrari or that you're gonna have this multi-million dollar business. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that that's what God's promising. I'm just telling you this. Whatever you have dreamed up or thought of for your life, if you'll just lay it down at the feet of Jesus, I promise he'll take that and turn it into something far better than you could ever think or dream of. I think about Abram. He was 70 years old. He decided to follow Jesus and leave everything he had. And God gave him to become the father of all nations and experiences God's hand in mighty, mighty ways. The man had a child at 99 years old. That's a miracle. He couldn't have kids before he encountered the Lord. 
I think about David, this small little man who was called to be a, a king one day and he was all in, surrendering to the Lord, walking with the Lord and the Lord gave him a kingdom beyond anything he could have ever thought for. I think about Peter who was a mediocre fisherman that God pulled out of the waters of the ocean, fishing for fish every single day and turned him into a man who was a preacher and a teacher and a leader and the pillar and foundation for the church that we have today. God has big plans for you in your life. Will you surrender yours? Will you surrender your comforts? Will you surrender the things in your life to experience the rewards and the joys that God has planned for you? I don't have time to jump into our last point. The last one, if you got notes, you can put on there. It's keep the course. It's keep the course. It's John 21. You can read on your own time. John 21, 1 through 21 is the verses. Peter takes a moment at the end of his deal where he just says, man, he'd been following Jesus for his whole life. He blows it. He rejects Jesus and walks away from the Lord. He denies Jesus three times. And Jesus comes and meets Peter at the side of the water and he says, man, basically he says, are you ready to get back in the game? Why'd you go back to fishing? You're supposed to be tending, to, you're supposed to be a shepherd for the church. Why are you back fishing? And Peter ends up turning his life around and comes back to him and walks with him. And I'm just here to tell you today, man, some of you might be in that boat where a long time ago, you decided to follow Jesus. You decided to be a disciple of the Lord. You decided to give your life to him. And you had in that moment, you counted the cost, you examined the reward and you were all in. But man, as you've gotten down the road, you're down here at mile number three and you look around and you're like, dude, I'm not really, I'm not really chasing the Lord like I used to be. I've kind of returned back to my fishing. I've returned back to my being a rich young ruler again, my old stuff. And I'm challenging you today, if you're one of those students who's been in that journey and you've, you've, you've missed it lately, Jesus did not come to you with condemnation. What he says is, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter says over and over again, he says, you know I love you, Lord. And he says, then get back on the path. Today, students, maybe you've been the part where you're in the spot where you're counting the cost. Or maybe the spot where you're, you're debating whether is it worth it to follow Jesus. Or maybe you're at the end of the life where you're like Peter at that one moment at the end of the, his journey where he says, you know what? I've blown it. I've missed it on the journey, but man, I'm ready to get back. I'm ready to get back on course. I'm ready to get back in the fight with following Jesus.